Hello and uh, welcome to the CRCC Spotlights podcast. I'm David Trapp from the London competition team and this week we'll be discussing the new regulatory frontier in the competition space, that being the new upcoming um, Digital Markets Act in the EU and the Digital Markets Task Force advice to the government in the UK. Um, so these two proposed regimes are at the, the forefront of global thinking on digital regulation and enforcement. The EU has been grappling with tech players for many years and the CMA has for some time been building its resources and experience in this area. Um, and it sees it as a, I think it's safe to say, a key enforcement frontier um, post-Brexit. Post so we'll discuss how the two regimes ultimately aim to achieve the same thing, but they have a num number of similarities and differences as well. So with that in mind, we have guests today from our competition team on both sides of the channel. We have Duncan Green, a supervising associate from our London competition group, and we have Mathieu Van Kaye, an associate from our Brussels competition team. Uh, both welcome. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Duncan, second appearance on it, so well done. Yeah, uh, you've been friend a of the, I think friend of the podcast now. That's that's what they're calling it these days, exactly. Uh, racking up, racking up the appearances. Um, Mathieu, uh, welcome for your first appearance. So let's get going, guys. Um, let's start so with where these regimes are actually coming from. What do we need to understand about the regulators' sort of motives here? Duncan, do you want to start with the UK? Yeah. So for the this proposal to create a digital markets unit that's been endorsed by the government um, is really stems from this idea that's been around for a while that current antitrust laws are just not good enough to regulate the digital space. And really the CMA would say, well, the proof is in the pudding. There's a perceived uh, lack of competition in certain digital markets. And, and we all know who the kind of the, the really large players are um, and competition laws effectively been a bit too slow, a bit too cumbersome to prevent this from happening. Um, and I think the concern is really that there are particular features of digital markets that, that mean there's a greater propensity for the emergence of large players with kind of who can who can really take control of markets. So it's, it's things like the likelihood that you're going to have network effects, economies of scale, um, unequal access to data, and, and in particular kind of companies creating whole ecosystems that can reinforce market power between um, digital markets. Um, and ultimately, when competition law has been engaged, the CMA's concern is that ex post enforcement which comes kind of after relevant conduct or, or supposedly unfair practices have occurred has just not really been sufficient to reverse the effects of the um, apparent increase in market power and, and the changes to the market structure so something new is needed um, and that's really the concern but you know to be clear and as, as you suggested in your intro david this really isn't something new um these issues have been discussed for a long time and, and notably in the uk these proposals kind of fall out of the 2019 Furman yeah. report and and also last year the the cm the results of the cma's market study into online platforms and digital advertising which really foreshadowed this whole yeah. Kind of overall. 
and so, and so you flagged that it's that they, they've got problems with ex post enforcement there. So that's to say that the new upcoming regime is going to be ex ex ante. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the uh, same Mathieu. thing in Europe. Actually, it's uh, yeah. the same thing in Europe, uh, and and with also the, the, the well, not a bit, just also the same concerns that that apparently, as as Duncan said, are, are raised in the UK, where we see several uh, investigations by the EU, but also national member states of of the EU into digital platforms, and and where it's found that that. Perhaps it's not too little, but it is too late. So, so the problem is already there, and, and it's too late to be fixed. And okay, we can impose a huge fine, but the problem is still there. There's a structural uh, issue, and that's why there's increasingly this idea: okay, we need to do something before it's too late, ex ante instead of uh, ex post uh, in enforcement. Uh, I, I think also a relevant element, and why there's this uh, idea of, of of why why where this digital market act comes from, uh, is that that authorities uh, at, at the national level but, but also the European Commission I think are a bit sore about uh, the, these, these past acquisitions that happened and that were either not reviewed under the existing competition laws under the existing merger regulation or if they were reviewed they were not they, they could not be stopped under the existing uh, rules. I'm thinking, for instance, on, on what, what are so-called uh, killer acquisitions of, of Facebook uh, acquiring Instagram and WhatsApp, although I don't think that the term killer acquisition is entirely accurate here because, to be fair, WhatsApp and Instagram weren't killed. Uh, what was perhaps being killed were the competing yeah. uh, programs within Facebook that, that were stopped after acquiring it, but, but in a way it's not traditional uh, killer acquisition, but, but still the idea is that, that something anti-competitive happened there but the existing uh, framework didn't allow it to stop uh, and i think a third one which goes beyond the digital sphere I, I think is that there's increasingly in europe um a call for fairness to play a role so so no longer competition or aiming to protect competition even how harsh that may be for the little ones if there's still enough competition that's it and increasingly there's this view that no competition also should also be there to protect the little ones. Then, of course, when you talk about big tech, uh, they're quite symbolic of, of the, the Goliaths uh, versus uh, the, the, the Davids uh, in, in, in the market. Yeah, so, so something that you've both picked up there is obviously the, the authorities, Matthew, what you called soreness at not being able to scrutinize um, these these deals where they where they feel as if uh, you know a big player has acquired a small player and there's something's gone on that they wanted to scrutinize there. Something that I've noticed in specifically in the UK merger investigation space is the CMA's willingness you know, for false positives. So essentially overcautious blocking of deals in this tech and digital space. Um, and you can't help feeling that the driver behind that is because they, you know, they, they, they do have that soreness. And there's a there's a they, there's essentially a, a desire to avoid letting those slip through, slip through the net. And I'm thinking about, you know, those a number of, of, of mergers that we've seen you know called in um and you know and and, and blocked or or pushed into phase two you've got to be out of brain saber fair logics and you know you know many others to list there um i think that stretching of jurisdiction and the cautiousness i think in a way it kind of it comes hand in hand with the cma's post-brexit desire to to sort of Make its mark on the global stage uh, and be at what you know what it calls the top table of global enforcement. I think, um, and I think it can't be divorced from that sort of you know desire to make strides on that front. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a 
funny one, isn't it, David? Because it's in a part of the CMA proposed reforms are essentially to make it even easier to to look at and ultimately, if they want, block some of these digital mergers. But that hasn't really been a problem for the CMA lately. We've seen a lot of de- you know pretty high deal mortality at kind of phase two CMA review, um, and so some of the reforms were coming on to include kind of lowering the threshold for, for effectively implementing a block but there's a bit of a question in my mind as to whether that seems strictly necessary given the uh, given recent kind of outcomes of merger reviews well okay well that's a good segue into the next bit then let's talk about um how these are actually going to work and who they're targeted at um i appreciate there's a huge amount of sort of detail and nuance and we could do a whole two-hour chat on this but just in a couple of minutes um let's summarize you know who these are aimed at Matthew, do you want to start with the eu one yeah and i'll, I'll try to be brief uh, you know basically the, the 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 subject of the new regulation will be what, what is called gatekeepers um and 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 what are gatekeepers basically they're providers of of Again, what is called core platform services. So you know, think of of video platform sh- services, uh, online, uh, uh, um, uh, sorry, uh, uh, social networks, uh, online marketplaces, and so on. You know, the, the classics: Amazon, Facebook, uh, YouTube, uh, search engines such as Google, uh, that are you know that are have a rather rather large position on the EU market, so have a significant impact, a position that needs to be you know durable and, and entrenched. And they need to act, uh, I think that's the last condition, as an important gateway between end users and, and business users. Um, of course, there's certain quantitative thresholds there. If you meet them, you need to notify, uh, you'll be put on a list, uh, and, and that list can be updated from time to time. Uh, so, And it will be those companies on that list that know that they will be subject uh, to the, the rules set out in the Digital Markets Act. Yeah, and from a UK perspective, the kind of the the seed of the regime is pretty similar in that this is uh, the UK will also be identifying um, key players uh, who will then have their own distinct regulatory regimes applied to them, um, and at the outside outset they will be looking at the same kind of players i mean facebook and google are name checked by the cma in the advice um to government but uh, strictly it's it's going to focus on uh, firms that will have designated strategic market status and and to identify those firms essentially the cma will apply something of a two-stage test which is requires that a firm has substantial entrenched market power in at least one digital activity and that that also confers some kind of a form of strategic position so um where that that power gives um, particularly widespread or, or significant effects in in the market or, or multiple markets um and so in a sense although they're they're similar in the in terms of focusing on on key players and um creating an ex-ante regime the uk test ends up being potentially wider and at least more flexible because it focuses on the sms designation will really stem from a firm's power in relation to a a particular digital activity and um that could potentially focus on quite a narrow area of of a business so this gives 
more flexibility and, and potentially wider scope i think down the line as compared to the eu test and clearly it has a bit of an upside and, and downside in that a more flexible regime um, should allow for greater engagement with kind of industry players and and something of a cooperative approach between the cma and the industry um, and maybe a more an easier regime to evolve uh, but uh, the downside is that there's probably less legal certainty for businesses in the, under the UK regime than, than the EU's proposals. That, that's actually quite interesting because, I mean, I think flexibility is, is the key word for both uh, areas. But in a way, what, what, what is beneficial, and, and I know less about the UK part, but what is beneficial is that at least compared to traditional competition all these companies at least on the eu law you know they will know what they can and cannot do uh, there's no need for analysis there's no need oh should you take the risk or not no it's clear don't do this don't do that uh, so so yeah I, I think if if this increased flexibility does away with with the legal certainty then then i think uh, yeah and then, <laughs> that not even the upside of, of the I mean the, the the for the companies there's a downside and, and no longer an upside to it uh, so I think that's quite interesting to hear. Okay, well let's summarise what those obligations are then. Um, so you've got these gatekeepers and SMS firms. Much um, do you want to summarise from your perspective what obligations these guys are going to be under? Well, it's a bit difficult to summarise because it's a list of of various obligations that that that. There's no real coherence there, and why is there no real coherence there? Because it's just a list of of, of what competition authorities uh, have seen happen on the market based on on past or ongoing investigations at EU level or at national level. Uh, I've, I've I've seen an article a couple of days ago where where uh, Apple and Amazon were criticizing this proposal, of course, uh, and called it the list of grievances. Uh, and I, I think actually that's a fair assessment because you know the Commission apparently just took. What is happening? What have we seen? Okay, we'll put that on paper, and that's prohibited. Uh, I think so. It's a bit, you know, I, I can summarize them all, but that that won't, wouldn't be very interesting. I, what is interesting is that you have one list of of clear prohibitions that are as they are, yeah. and then you have a second list which also, you know, need to be complied with. So there are already obligations, but they can be further specified for certain gatekeepers by the Commission uh, through decision. Uh, and 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 then yeah sorry uh, I'll, I, also i think again referring to this flexibility we discussed earlier uh, the commission will also be able to 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 update this list from time to time without having to go through uh, the the council and parliament so there's a, an, an additional flexibility there but there needs to be a market investigation so I, uh, you know there's some uh, barrier uh, for for change there yeah and uh, Again, the UK, you know, is something we could talk about for until the cows come out. But the, really, the the key um, output from this advice is that uh, where you, as part of the designation that a firm has strategic market status, the CMA is going to create really three new obligations for that firm. So one will be that the uh, in relation to the specific activity that creates the kind of the strategic status um, a firm will have to comply with a code of conduct that will be a kind of bespoke tailored code of conduct for that firm um, 
and those are going to be structured around basic uh, some a few basic objectives then some overarching principles um and then kind of specific guidance and do's and don'ts explaining how a firm should comply with that code and so that's a slightly kind of uh, that that looks like it's going to be a little bit more nebulous because it's as seems kind of inherent in a code of conduct but then there will also be the the possibility of the CMA taking what they're calling pro-competitive interventions in relation to a, an SMS firm. So that rather than kind of overarching rules as to how that company conducts itself on the market, um, the CMA will be able to essentially implement specific remedies in respect of, of that business which will examples would be compulsory interoperability um creating specific kind of remedies that facilitate consumer choice and for example kind of prohibiting default um applications that kind of thing mm -hmm. um again intended to be quite a kind of flexible tool for the cma and and the last uh, new thing will be an obligation for sms firms to tell the cma about all of their m a activity um and and that whereas the other kind of remedies bite in re in respect of the the specific kind of digital activity that gives the firm that power the the mandatory notification of deals will apply to the to the kind of global firm to the firm as a whole and the idea is that it will may give the cma more of an opportunity to intervene in its deal making but also gives the cma a picture of the kind of overall corporate strategy of the um of the sms firm yeah i think i think one of the, one of the things that isn't quite clear to me and and you know we're running out of time now so just a few few a few points to finish up is one of the things that isn't clear is really how it's going to affect the the smaller players in the market and what really are going to be the impacts here because clearly the proposals are targeted at large tech players but not completely yeah. exclusively um on the yeah. on yeah. the one hand you know in theory there should be benefits for the smaller players who perhaps see the more dominant guys um under more scrutiny but one thing that i would flag is is the the you know we talked about flexibility uh, and we all know the regulators propensity to to you know use their discretion and there's a question as to how creative they could be in terms of these frames of references for gatekeepers and sms assessments you yeah. know what you know could they look at things through a very narrow market definition kind of lens and suddenly smaller players finding out that in this very narrow sphere they've got some kind of sms or gatekeeper position um yeah. i mean obviously there's the you know both you know the, the regimes have a, a turnover element to it as well but you know there is that query of mission creep there um and the other point on the other side of the coin that um to flag i think that there's there's obviously that question of whether there could be a chilling effect on on big players buying small players um which you know is you know that the authorities might slap that with a sort of you know a, a you know a bad label but you know a, is there a chilling effect on the startups here because a lot of their business models will take into account the fact that they want to be the next big idea that gets snapped up and that's what kind of drives them to to be that you know that that target 
Um, so there's a query as to the impacts it will have further afield there, I think. Um, any any thoughts from you guys on, on that just as we wrap up? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I, I think in a way, I think there's also a risk, and I call it a risk because I'm not so positive towards it, that, that this may be seen as sort of testing ground for, for other areas outside digital uh, scope because this makes lives for authorities easier, let's be honest. And if those authorities find that this is actually quite pleasant to have, they, they might disregard uh, existing competition as much as possible and start making ex-ante regulation for, for other, other sectors as well, where they find that they have difficulties uh, enforcing, uh, well, have difficulties um, completing uh, cases. So, so, yeah, that remains to be seen, of course, but, but I, yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I agree with all, all of that. And um, my workstation has been collapsing through the <laughs> of this podcast, so I'm going <laughs> to wrap up there, you, but it will be double well to last the full time. <laughs> it will um, be interesting to see how this Despite works. the skewed angle of your camera. Um, no, well, uh, thanks both. That's been great. I mean, we could talk on this topic for, for much, much longer, but I think we've covered a few really interesting points there, and no doubt it's going to be a topic that crops up uh, on a few more podcasts. So thanks very much for your time. Uh, it's been very much appreciated. Um, and as a bonus to all those of, that have listened all the way through to the end of this podcast, we'll see you, see, see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye.